Hey everyone, welcome to Bear Tone Podcast. My name is Lucas and I'm one of the producers of the show and today's episode features old bear artist Ryan Clare. Ryan is a gifted artist and also just a fun guy to hang around. Uh, the day we recorded this podcast, he had been flying from the Pacific Coast to the Atlantic Coast all day. He hopped off the airplane and like a couple hours later, um, him, Anthony, and I sat down to do this podcast. So hats off to Ryan for being flexible and just going with the flow. So we hope you enjoy this episode and thank you so much for listening. thinking about today um the very first time that you came to old bear we did a song called i want jesus to walk with me and i was um just kind of struck by how uh raw it seemed in the moment but maybe you could just share a little bit about that experience like maybe just the first time that you you know started to record that song in that space you know yeah yeah when i wrote it i was really spending a lot of time it's funny because it was like you know coming home from a family gathering and just hearing that song for the first time sung in a church and knowing that i had a little riff so i that whole night i spent in the garage trying not to wake the kids like I was kind of saying about it just taking on a bluesy feel, uh, that was an unnatural territory for me. Uh, I've always been more of a songer, singer, songwriter, uh, a folky guy. And to have this blues riff that kind of just came naturally out of nowhere, uh, organically, if you will. Um, and then hearing this song within the same month that I just knew there was this fit. And it was also just, a. Uh, um, a season of life where I was at a low and, um, you know, facing a little bit of difficulties and this song fit so well, uh, you know, just in that time of thinking about, um, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus, um, but we may go through seasons where we are in a valley and he's with us too, because you can say, I don't want to be a follower or I would rather be a follower of Jesus. I don't want him to follow me. That doesn't make sense. It's not natural. It's not our thinking. Um, and I had to process that thought as I was writing the song. Uh, what does it mean to say, I want Jesus to walk with me? It just doesn't feel right. It feels kind of prideful or, you know, come on, Jesus, get on board here. But I think of the Psalm 23 where it says, I walk through the valley, the shadow of death. You know, I fear no evil, for I know my God is with me. Uh, it made sense hearing that he's with me. And so it was such a moving uh, time as I was thinking about that. And then I started to, to continue in that verse. This is, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord. Uh, you know, thinking of coming out of that lull or that low and singing of his praises in his house. You know, being a worship pastor uh, is pretty awesome. But to record that song uh, meant a lot because it was really uh, one of those songs that felt special. And uh, to do it in a place that fit, 
you know, because going into my thought process of who did I want to record with? You know, that was things in the back of my mind, uh, thinking of producers and uh, just studios that I was inspired by from other artists. Um, you know, for example, like Ben Shive, uh, mm -hmm. who recorded Andrew Peterson and the Grey Havens. Uh, I loved and love what he had done with them. Uh, just had this really unique, and you could tell there was this, um, I don't know, there's a connection between those two uh, yeah. that really fits. Um, so I love that sound, but I felt like coming into Old Bear and right away we we turned on the, um, uh, whatchamacallit, keyboard. The... I'm drawing a blank. The, the Mellotron? Th no. Uh, the Orgit? The B3? No. <laughs> Uh, Why am I drawing this a blank This is a fun right game, now? though. This, this is, is a, uh, really what? Okay. Well, Which, all right, there's, there's like there's, a thousand organs. I was organs. just going to say, there's not more of what? a single instrument. In what instrument did we use? A Juno. Uh, the Rhodes. It was uh, like the Rhodes, but it was the other one. Wurlitzer. Wurlitzer. Yep. That's it. When we added the Wurlitzer, that was one of the, it was you mm -hmm. and Jeremy and I uh, gathered around. Yeah. And we started just kind of like. You know, what are we going to do with this song? He was on the upright bass, yeah. you were on the Wurlitzer. And uh, I was like, man, this is taking on such a cool feel. Yeah. Like, beyond what I thought I was personally capable of. Yeah. And then getting you guys uh, on board and playing a lot of the instruments, it just kind of had a new feel. And then even Chris, you know, as a producer, he's kind of the brains that he had sure. been... His, his mind had been working within months before I even came, you know, purchasing the upright, knowing that it would be utilized um, for the record. And then even buying that 12-string electric guitar, Yeah. which when he said 12-string, I immediately went, I don't know if this is the studio for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is funny. There's a lot of people that shy away from the 12-string. Oh, for sure. I thought like mamas and papas or something was going to happen or yeah. something really weird. Like I usually think of Glenn Campbell <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> really openly strummed. And yeah, but then when we got more uh, ambient with it and the choruses and, and kind of filled in that, that empty space, Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good. That's an interesting thing because I kind of forgotten about the fact that um, we didn't have an upright bass. But when we were kind of wood shopping the idea, um, like what the sonics should be around the song, um, I don't remember if we had a conversation in a van ride on the way home, like what things we should try to look out for, and. And then Chris found an upright bass, like in an antique store, for four hundred dollars, and he, and he bought it, and uh, and we've used that thing more in the studio on any, you know, more we've used more upright bass, acoustic bass than we have, you know, electric bass, at least in this. Yeah, this since one. then, yeah, yeah, and that twelve-string guitar is a domino guitar and uh, like a J Japanese. Something or other, and right. it's it's interesting. It's got a lot of character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it is uh, kind of cool. Like you know, when you think about songs, and uh, you know, I think about when I think about that song in particular, I really felt like it was um, 
we were getting to know Ryan Clare, and Ryan Clare was also, I think, coming to terms with mm-hmm. the sound that he you were going to make. Totally. I was just talking about you in the third person. <laughs> <laughs> to you. He's actually right. <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just thinking, like, those are those are the moments when you're in the room and you're like, man, this something's really happening beyond just a song, you know? It's like yeah. you're defining someone's sound and helping them in that moment realize, like, this is kind of what I want to go after, you know? Totally, yeah, because being the first time in the studio, and like I said, um, pre-recording, I had all those thoughts. What do I want to... What do I want to do with these songs? Because when you play them on acoustic guitar, they kind of all have that same feel in a way. And when you start layering it with instrumentation, and uh, it just starts to take shape. And I love the idea of instead of coming up some digital sound or finding it with a plug-in, you know, we organically uh, found these sounds, um, like just from even hitting a light. <laughs> you know, we, we did that on Move Over Devil where we're tapping a light uh, in the middle of the song in the chorus. And uh, even with the projector, you know, the slideshow mm-hmm. projector, that was part of that uh, knowing that I want Jesus to walk with me is such a old song. And slideshow projectors kind of harken back to. Yeah. There was the art added to the, the music. Uh, so throughout, you get that little bit of uh, the hum, the you know, the, the circulating of the slides. It's a pretty funny visual too. Like you think about my brother, Chris, with his big hair, walking down the hallway of a factory, struggling with all of his might to carry this old um, projector. <laughs> yep. That and then like a shoebox full of old projector slides. You know, like you just kind of picture this this guy barely hanging on to like all of this equipment and he comes stumbling into the studio and i remember him setting it up and i'm thinking you know what in the world you know what is this you <laughs> what know? are you doing now? right and uh he's like no i want to capture that clicking sound you know and uh yeah it, <laughs> you know <laughs> well i i think a lot of that is old bear inspires you to be creative in certain ways so it's like I love when that happens, when an environment kind of calls you to play a certain way or, yeah. or create in a certain way, too. So it's like Old Bear is always kind of calling you to like do some weird, weird stuff. Yeah, step outside the box. Let's not think like everybody's been thinking, you know. Well, let's, mm. let's do something unique and let's find it uh, by experimenting. Yeah. Um, like even on uh, Come to the Altar and Pray, there's the... What we did is we took brushes and a speaker and we went, shh, yeah, shh, you know, and that was part of the, the snare timing. Whoa. Yeah. So just something like that is, hey, let's try this or see how great a flame aspires. 
we had a ride symbol with uh, a tambourine and a, I think a cowbell just sitting on top of a padded chair. And Chris walks by and just, you know, he's holding a drumstick. He was tapping things around the room, looking for sounds and hit that. He's like, we both looked at each other. That's the snare for, uh, you know, that's see how great a flame aspires. So that's what we used and mm -hmm. it worked out perfect. also the project I remember it was the um, our second time recording a project with a one inch tape machine that we have and um, <laughs> <laughs> whoa excuse me uh, the one <laughs> the one inch tape machine was used on your project which I think was the second time we've ever used it yeah and um, and that was a really cool thing too just you know, we're all fascinated by like this analog machine that's in the room with you mm. and it's spinning really fast. In fact, it feels like in the rewind mode or the fast forward mode, it could literally take your finger off. Yeah, it's like totally. a fan, you know, it's moving so fast, you know. Yep. And I remember uh, when we first got the machine, it was just two pieces. It was like the meter bridge and the tape deck. And uh, we took that over to my father-in-law, and we needed a we needed the, like a case built for it so that it actually looked like a real thing, you know. <laughs> and um, I remember setting it up for the first time and just staring at it because right. all of the things that in modern recording nowadays are just stuck inside the computer. Like you can't actually see the things working, and so you're just fascinated by these playheads and the meters are moving and the tape is rolling and you just feel, and it speeds up and slows down when you start and stop, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just all that, like, it's like a sensory overload, but for like 90s kids and 2000s yeah. kids, like, we just like look at it and we're like, man, what is this thing, you know? <laughs> and so I just, you know, I, I've, I remember feeling... Um, like that was a good call for totally. your project when you open your mouth. Mm -hmm. It's like this guy needs that technology. So it's also like kind of matching the technology with like the sound is, it's not like a one size fits all thing, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. I think that was probably one of my favorite things is recording to the tape because it would naturally distort uh, the dynamic of how I perform and sing. Yeah. So uh, you can really feel the aggressive parts of when I'm dynamically, you know, hitting notes. Right. Um, even just the way I play guitar, you know, there's a lot of dynamic builds and, and deal like that. So it's, I think it was just amazing. Yeah. And it was one of my favorite things we did. It's actually distorting. Uh, yeah. The whole, the whole record is uh, what we would call, or maybe what I would call like pleasant distortion. <laughs> 
you yeah. know? Yeah. You know, most of the time we're sort of like looking at mics and looking at the meters and we listen and we think, you know, if it's too hot, we turn it down mm -hmm. because there's this like unpleasant sound or whatever. But in this particular case, it was, it actually fit your vote, like all of the vocals on the project are actually distorted. Mm -hmm. So cool. it's an interesting thing. And it wasn't, that wasn't in post. That was as it was happening. It was hitting the tape so hard that it was causing what we, what we would say ta tape saturation. Right. So it was this extra distorted sound, but it actually uh, feels um, familiar because a lot of, a lot of classic music that was recorded to tape has that similar thing. A lot of Sam Cooke, like even soul singers have uh, this these moments where you're just hearing a ton of tape saturation because of the dynamic in the voice. So it could start off like really quiet and then all of a sudden you just have this like screaming chorus yeah. and no compression in between. So it, it's a cool thing. on my vocals yeah. were actually done with uh, the reel-to-reel. -reel. We yeah. had that second one. Yeah, and we, that's sweet. And I just love that, that we didn't manufacture it. It was yeah. It was done reel-to-reel, -reel, analog. I mean, yeah. couldn't ask for a better effect. <laughs> right. You said that you didn't start, like, this blues thing was a first-time first thing for you. So, yeah. so tell me about your, your musical journey up until now. Right. Uh, it's kind of funny because I started out uh, 15 years old, picked up an electric guitar, immediately drawn into punk rock. I think it was the the simplicity of bar chords, uh, being able to just kind of go anywhere on the neck and write a song. And it was kind of a way for me to um, not be compared to. When I write my own music, you're not compared to the original artist, you know, because it's yours. So I immediately yeah, got into yeah. songwriting because I knew I couldn't play like Jimi Hendrix or, you know, so let's just start writing music like, you know, FYP or all these crazy punk rock bands that I listened to back in the days. And, uh, you know, so my high school years was filled with just mosh pits and punk so rock. So what was your favorite punk rock Yeah, song? I was just going to ask that. What's your favorite oh. punk? Oh, man. You know, early on, the Dead Kennedys where I, I loved them because they had really weird uh, guitar riffs in the background, just Jello Biafra's like style of, you know, just theatrics and, mm -hmm. you know, Minor Threat and, and The Misfits. And these are things that I grew up just, just loving. Mm -hmm. I had the jacket with the patches. Sure. And, 
I tried oh, yeah. the mohawk, but that didn't Trying work. Give but it a shot. In, instead, I just had every color hair you could think of. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so. Love it. You know, and then you kind of, as I started maturing at that time, like emo really was big. Um, like the real emo, like Mineral, uh, oh, Sunny Day Real Mineral. Estate. Uh, those bands were super influencing in my life. And I started to get better at guitar. So uh, those were bands that really influenced uh, me at the time. Uh, Elliot, Branson, a lot of those, uh, those bands from the Midwest. So, and then it got a little more aggressive and, you know, thrice, Coheed and Cambria. And so I started to feel a little more aggressive. But that time, uh, my uncle, he has been a bluegrass guy his whole life. And he was over visiting and he brought his mandolin. And he said, hey, you should try playing this mandolin. And so we sat down, started playing over some bluegrass songs. And I just fell in love with that. I'm like, yeah, this is really fun. Like, I really like this music. It's storyteller music. Yeah. I started listening to it on my own, uh, you know, Alison Krauss and and just, you know, so on, so on. Uh, Ricky Skaggs and, you know, these guys, I'm like, this is really good music. Uh, I love the story behind it. I love the, the natural feel of bluegrass music. Mm -hmm. And so I started to get more and more into it started listening back to older country music even and so uh, that's what really birthed where i'm at today uh, i believe that that day picking up a mandolin and playing and actually i began to play in a band with them for about a year playing the mandolin and so with your uncle yeah what were you guys awesome. called <laughs> the back porch band <laughs> the back porch <laughs> band that's nice. awesome yeah that's it, was, it was pretty amazing and uh, they always would ask me Hey, Ryan, what do you got there? And I would say a mandolin. They're like, I thought you washed your guitar in hot water. First. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, that was like the like, shtick? Yeah, like, like the, this, the show shtick. The one show shtick that would just, you know, everybody be like, <laughs> <laughs> Gets And you're still time. stuck playing with a short guitar. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah. Was, I had the shrunk, the yeah. shrunken guitar. <laughs> That's hilarious. I've been a worship leader now 22 years, and um, it wasn't until about seven years ago, up until, I guess, up until seven years ago, I led by electric guitar. That was my primary instrument. And coming to a church, which was a lot bigger, and I felt like there was this energy that needed to be there, um, and I didn't have a full band. And dynamically, you can't uh, do much with an electric guitar. Uh, it's more of a picker, uh, especially in worship music. Uh, you know, you're more ambient tones. And, you know, that's where the time where I started settling in about seven years ago with an acoustic guitar, and it became my primary instrument. And from there, you know, 
I continued down that path of just finding more and more folk singer songwriter artists. You know, Damien Gerardo and um, Damien Rice, and just uh, I'm kind of brain dead after flying all day here. Oh, you're we'll cut you some your classic Damien stuff. Yeah, yeah, I love Damien's. Main, main, you know? Mainly Damien's. If you're Damien. <laughs> Your name's Damien. You're halfway there. So you're if you're awesome. listening, send Ryan your Damien options. <laughs> yes. There may be more than Damien Gerardo, Damien Rice. Yeah. Although both are great. Yeah. In fact, the, I think the new Damien Gerardo <laughs> record is is killer. Uh, some really good stuff. Anyways, um, yeah, man. side note. Go check it out. So I think sometimes when I listen to you sing, one of the songs that stuck out to me was Move Over Devil. Yeah. And it scared the it scared me at first because um, you were doing the scratch track and, um, you know, uh, it was loud, yeah. <clears throat> and there was so much energy in your voice in the scratch track. It reminded me, which is kind of fitting with your, the cover of your album is a train. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of I think if I could if I could sum up visually what I think your sound is 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 sort of like a like an old school steam engine train yeah and once it gets rolling you know uh it's going yeah yeah that's, and it, it's i mean fitting. i love the slow stuff yeah the yeah. slope like i love the ramp up you know sure sure <clears throat> that's not a slam so don't no totally you're sleeping at my house so just <laughs> can't be offended um but i know but it just reminds me of like visually i can think of that when i when i hear move over devil i think mm-hmm. that's at the peak of of your sound and I think what you're good at is creating that energy from the gate like yeah. from the start of you know from the get-go yeah that song caught me by surprise too uh, because I I never planned to be so aggressive in my writing I think it's because I spent so many years playing punk rock I was ready to settle down you know <laughs> and kind of just chill but it was one of those songs I kept playing I think I sat on the first verse for a year and then we kind of mm. played around with it while I was out writing I Want Jesus Walk With Me or recording it. Yeah. We sat down and wrote some songs together, played yeah. with that one. Everything we did, I ended up just squashing it and then coming back together and then took some of our ideas. And it really came together, like, all of a sudden. And it did. Like, we didn't have the idea of the train at all until uh, I sat down with the girls singing harmony. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they did this, like, little... It almost sounded like a train whistle, the mm-hmm. way they sing it. And I was like, all right, I need to create a, I need to go record a train, you know, yeah. get that sound of it whining, up, right. you know, from the start and then it's just full throttle. And that's where we kind of got the idea of the train and now it's become my logo. Right. And it's really fitting to, like you said, dynamically, um, there's a lot of ups and downs. <laughs> crazy all they had to do for even just radio back in the days they'd have to splice tape and tape it together and for film and all that stuff it's you know reminds me back in the day when you wanted to hear a song and you'd put a little piece of spit wad in the tape of a cassette to record 
<laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, do you, you, you probably don't remember this. You're younger. Like, Wait, do you remember that? Wad? Like, a, yeah. like a, you can actually take your like uh, whatever tape, like you know your boys to men tape, and that you didn't like anymore. Yeah, and like <laughs> stick a spit wad in the little top corner of it. And put it in your tape player and like record your favorite song on the radio when it came on. You just waited for it. Oh. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you're like, here the, it comes. The DJ would tell you like the next three songs after break, you yeah. know? And, you yeah. and you'd ready. be like, all right, I want to get the second song. And so you'd like sit there, wait for the first song to get done. You'd pay and you'd close like, attention. Yep. And then as soon as the second song came on, you'd hit play, record real quick, you know, push it down. Or you could put a piece of tape over the. Yeah, you could put a tape too. You could put a piece that like that's the more sanitary yeah. way. <laughs> you know, I did it the poor kid way. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't have any tape. No. <laughs> tape was very hard to come by. Yeah. Where did you grow up? Yeah. Uh, Southern California mountains. Okay. Really? Well, so yeah. tell us a little bit. So Wait, really? Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a you, mountain kid. I met you when you lived in Minnesota, uh, or you know, yeah. area. Yep. And now you live in, in Seattle area. Yeah, yeah, I live on an island, Harstein Island in Washington State. But you were born and raised. Yeah, in I was born and raised in Southern California, San Bernardino Mountains, little town called Running Springs. And uh, was pretty much lived there my entire life. So you go into the, the, the market and there's Al. I know Al because I went in there when I was seven years old to go get my family bread and milk you yeah. know my yeah. mom would send me to town on my bike at seven i'm like nowadays that's right that wouldn't of. have yeah that's no. a no-go yeah that does not fly <laughs> um but yeah growing up in that small town was it was a unique experience and i never thought i would leave and so uh, the only reason i did leave is because a minnesota girl moved to town you know came to live with her dad and um, venture into teaching school and so she was working at a little cafe in town and with my sister-in-law. And uh, when the new girl moves to town, everybody knows about it. Sure, Especially right. if they're good looking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. man, did you see that new girl down there? You don't get to where I'm going to. Yeah. Know, yeah. Stuff like yeah. that. Like, <laughs> real, real creepy. Yeah. Yeah, real <laughs> creepy. It's like my brother's friend, Jaime. He's like, you know. Do they talk with a southern accent in Southern mm. California? No, it's it's, it's very. Um, it depends on who it is, because some people sure. are kind of like, yeah, you know, like I tell you what, eh? You know, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. then you got the other people like, yeah, man, what's up, bro? They should call you the accent acquirer because you're just be. you're sure just he can go for it. You're collecting yeah. some accents. Yeah, <laughs> I did want to be one of those cartoon guys that did the voiceovers when I was, you know, mm -hmm. younger. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd impress all the girls with my voiceovers. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you met a girl and yeah. you moved to Minnesota. Yeah, five years later, we got married very quickly, uh, within the, a year of meeting. Yeah, we were like, right on. This is meant to be, and and it has. It's sparks been flew. Sparks flew. Were. Within two days, we're like, let's get married. Where have wow. you been all my life? Two days. Yeah, that's awesome. That's what have you done in the last two days, Luke? My parents, <laughs> my parents were the same way. They oh, met, really? Cool. Yeah, they met in Germany. My mom, my dad was living there with his parents because they were my my dad's parents were in the mil. My dad's dad was in the military. Okay, but then my mom went there for like to work with a Christian organization, and she was hosted. Like the host parents were my 
wow. dad's parents. Oh, that's cool. I didn't. They know met, that. and like three days later, they're like, "Yeah, yeah, we're 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 gonna get married for sure." And they're both wow. from the United States. Yeah, yeah. Mate in Germany. Yeah, yeah. That just fascinates me. Well, they met. Yeah. I don't know if they made it. They, 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 they met, met in Germany. <laughs> yeah. I thought you said <laughs> <laughs> they did make it. They're still they, together. Yeah. No, they. I thought he said mate in Germany. And I oh, was like, yeah, I, I can neither not confirm sure. nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually don't even want to think about that. No, so. that's the thing. You yeah. wouldn't. That's your parents. <laughs> that's funny. Okay. That's one, that's one of those step away from the mic and yes. laugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. It's cool. You know, after five years, she, she was a teacher. She ended up getting a teaching job. We had two kids. And living in the high desert of Southern California is, uh, you know, no offense to my friends who still live there but man we could not wait to get out of there you know our house was paintball cars broken into mail stolen it was just one thing after another i'm like this is not a place to raise kids what are you stealing mail like i know like you have a credit gift cards oh. they're looking for birthday cards you know jc penny's catalogs <laughs> i was just thinking like i mean like all I get in mail these days is just a bill, right? Like bills. Take some, my bills. That's fine. Find you know, some, <laughs> some like hockey magazine. It's <laughs> like you can have any of that stuff, right? Looking for a coupon or something. I of course, know. I guess back then it was like a little bit more personal stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's Packages and nowadays, people yeah, I kind of learn their that. lessons of what to mail. And now, you know, my mom does not send gift cards anymore. No, you know, she's. Kind of learn their lesson on that. Although it's sad because you need it, you need them. You do, yeah, and it's fun for the kids to receive those kind of things. But they usually come in a box that yeah. people can't tell it's a gift card or it looks like a bill. Send it in a bill envelope or Venmo. Venmo, do you have Venmo? I don't. We've Never. been arguing about this for a while. Like, uh, we'll go to eat. We eat this Chinese restaurant in town, and they only take cash. Yeah, and Luke doesn't carry cash and i'm not actually much better but i try to as much as i can because i'm trying to you know like keep track of what i'm spending anyways so there's not there's usually not a week that goes by that he's just like can we either stop an atm or can i venmo you some cash and you pay for the thing it's really it's actually they make it really easy to send people money just huh just i'm like on the i'm on like the old edge like i'm just on the edge of being too old or and i just need to get it i just need to get with it I just need to put my bank information in there so you can Venmo me some cash. Are you worried about that? Like you're like, ah, maybe I don't want my <laughs> bank information on my phone. It Is just that doesn't. It? That's weird to me too. Really? Like every time it's I double like a, tap my phone, my credit card thing pops up, and I'm like, ugh. You know. Yeah. Like, I guess I'm like, I, I. I mean, I'm in because I, I need money. I need the money. Yeah. So like, mm. I'm in, but I just. I, I'm just it's like almost it's all a, virtual anyway. It's so a platform. It's it's, it's like texting. Thing. But it's specifically set up to text each other money. It's really simple, too. Yeah, that's weird. And it's not... Anyways, it's easy, and it works. We should get sponsored by them. Yeah, they just they just struck up a deal with Uber, so... Huh. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. That's a good idea, because yep. you know how many times you're at your merch table, and they're like, do you accept a card? And if you don't have the little right, swiper square. Or square thing, you know... I pay be. my rent with Venmo. Yeah, that's what he told me. That it's legit. Jeez. Yeah, it's legit.
So what? But what now you're in takes Seattle. you out to the great Pacific Northwest. Oh man, PCW. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try again. <laughs> Just say PC. Yes. <laughs> PNW. There we go. Yeah. Nailed it. PNW. <laughs> you go. Nope. <laughs> Everybody needs an editor. Yeah, I mean. We love, we still love Minnesota a lot. I still feel like it's home. I, I almost feel like Minnesota is more home than California to me now. Um, it's, it seems like just where we've really raised our kids. It's what they know. Um, you know, we are part of a pretty big church, so we have a lot of um, people within the church who feel like family. And so yeah. leaving was really hard. Um, Minnesota winters made it really easy to leave. Uh, yep. When it starts in November and doesn't end till April, it's like that's half the year of brutal cold and just, you know, it's hard to get out and you start to feel tired and lazy and it's great for songwriting because you're indoors a lot, but it's not good for your mind because you start to, you know, depression can set in, whatever it may be, because you're just cooped mm. up for so long. Hearing voices. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 a, a good it's rough. <laughs> So this last year, after April 14th, we were driving home from a conference, and uh, it just was dumping. The worst blizzard I've ever experienced in Minnesota, and this is my first time also driving on freeways in a blizzard, and every exit is filled with berms. You know, you couldn't get off the freeway if you wanted to because it had a two-foot berm in front of it, and when you're driving a, you know, Chrysler town and country, it's not going to romp that thing. <laughs> yeah, right. And, right. you know, it's not my, taking that on. My poor wife, she had to endure it because she wanted to get off the freeway so bad and get out of this white out. And I'm just like, if I go over that berm, we're going to be stuck on the freeway like that guy and that guy and that guy. I mean, people in the ditch everywhere. Wow. And so I said to her, well, let's really pray if this is where you know, God wants us because there's some things leading up to, uh, you know, just that weren't settling well, just in my spirit of, you know, where God has led me to musically, even as a worship pastor, um, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, I won't say too much, but just theology wise and just, you know, leading worship in a more of a mega church context, I really wanted to simplify and go back to uh, you know, a more simple way of seeing the congregation mm. while I'm leading worship mm. and uh, and hearing their voices in a way where we could do music more organically like I'm doing in my own mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. writing. And so that context just was attractive to me and thinking about that, that there's that option eventually or maybe God has that for me. And so we began to pray. I just said to her, and right then and there, we just started praying, God, is this where you want us? You know, what do you have for us? And if so, uh, tell us quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and two days later, I got a text from a good friend. I've known him 22 years, and a pastor. I followed him, and he's from the Pacific, or I, he's been in the Pacific Northwest for uh, five years now pastoring a church and he said hey i'm looking for a worship pastor i know you're connected and networking with a, a ton of worship pastors uh, you know anybody and i said uh wow is this a is this from you lord you know like yeah right. and i said hey you know just send me some info what do i need to know like and he's immediately was like dude do you want the job because in the back of my mind i was hoping you're gonna say you know 
you know, that you'd want to come out. And so, yeah, my wife and I just decided uh, after feeling uh, that was a prompt, we, we just booked our mm -hmm. own plane tickets to go out there, check out the area. And, you know, we had been to Seattle before and it didn't really care too much for the city life. Uh, but getting to this area, the church is in Shelton, Washington, and it's kind of a small um, logger community. You know, it's kind of feels like an old town. You see the the smokestacks, and mm -hmm. it kind of sits in a, a lull mm -hmm. um, between the hills with just towering pine trees and the Puget Sound right there. It just feels like this. It's a unique experience. You almost feel like you're almost up in Maine or something, mm -hmm. and uh, it has that you know crab boat feel. And so it was unique. It was different, and there's something intriguing about it. And uh, seeing the church and going in and seeing that it was a well-lit room with it kind of had that Chip and Joanne vibe, like farmhouse. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of church my wife would go to. Yep. You know, and they got the, the wood pallet wall in the, the lobby and, oh, yeah. you know. A lot of white. A lot of white. Everywhere. Everything clean, white. simple. Grayish. Very clean. Is there, was there grayish? Grayish. A lot of grays, gray carpets. And, grayish. Uh, I just learned that. Grayish. 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 It's like beige and gray. Beige and gray. Yeah. Some square stained glass stuff, not like the traditional Catholic stained glass, but there's some, you know. The Chip and Joanna approved. Yeah, Chip and Joanna approved. Stained glass. Something you, you get at Target. Yeah. Tar yeah, I was I just going to say Target. <laughs> you know, just, just going to say Target. So, That's yeah. all they're missing, really, stained glass corner of the market. Yep. Sorry. All right. Okay. There. You know, you're saying. <laughs> so, if okay. Chip and Joanne, if you're listening to this, yeah. that's right. You need to get, get that stained glass uh, windows going. What are a few album or a few records that you think people might not know about that you really like and uh, you think people should check out? And they don't have to be recent. They can be. They can be anything. I don't know. Uh, man, there's just so many artists that have been so influential and just. Um, you know, recent, I would say Coulter Wall. I really dig uh, his his sound. It almost sounds like old Johnny Cash stuff, too. Um, I really like, you know, Johnny Cash's uh, hymns from my mother's hymn book, that, that album. And just, I don't know, there's something about songs that talk about heaven and just that, that hearkening back. It seems like a lot of songs talked about this glory this place where it's this destination that we're going um you know seasons of hardship and lows and mm. so i like to really go back and find uh, old hymns that maybe have been redone or um, even in their early days when they were written and try to rework them myself so that's been a, a huge inspiration for me um more on the Modern folk side, you know, I mentioned the Grey Havens. I love the Grey Havens. And of course, uh, you know, just the family here at Old Bear. Like, I just love that every time somebody releases an album, we're just so excited for each other. And we also know, that, like, the experience each other's had in the studio. Yeah. There's this excitement knowing that they, they felt the presence of the Lord within the studio because it is just powerful. And then just the camaraderie, the teamwork, the effort, the dreaming mm -hmm. together. It's not like you're going in there as an artist 
just saying this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. It's a team uh, coming together, and there's so many ideas that are just birthed there that I think we're excited for each other, mm-hmm. you know, and we can rejoice and, and celebrate in that. Mm-hmm. So I love to hear whatever he's doing. So we also ask a question of everybody so far. Well, I guess just Ian. <laughs> but but I think it's a good question that Luke came up with. What's something that you um, want to shed light on that maybe has not a whole lot to do with your music, um, but you think just from your perspective is kind of a cool maybe organization or, uh, you know, I don't know, something that you kind of think is cool from the outside that has, you know, not really a whole lot of ties to you or your music. Yeah. Um, So right before I I left Minnesota, um, I had the opportunity to lead worship for um, Teen Challenge, Minnesota Teen Challenge. Mm. And I always knew about it. I've we've have a number of them, uh, the graduates, and even on Thursday nights, Celebrate Recovery would come to the church there in Minnesota, and so I always knew about it. But and I regret that I didn't get involved earlier in doing worship for their um, their morning chapel. I did it like two weeks before I left to Washington, and I was just it was the first time I toured the facility, and just stepping foot into there i almost i really did begin sobbing at the the heaviness of change in that place mm-hmm. just knowing how many people's lives have transformed um by the power of the holy spirit you know jesus and and giving their lives over to a, a higher power because change of addiction can happen but I don't think it can fully happen unless you give it to the Lord and you have his uh, strength because we can't do it on our own, you know. And so seeing that and then that organization leading worship that day uh, and seeing them during their time of like our altar call time, they just laid flat out on their faces and just knowing that they've been forgiven much, so they give much. So there's just this powerfulness in that room that morning, and I thought, what a powerful ministry this is. For those of you who don't know about Teen Challenge, it's a, uh, a recovery program for people who are addicted to substances that need help. And um, you could also go back to one of our ep- episode three. Um, we talked with Eric Lee Brumley, who's another Old Bear artist who um, actually graduated and has ties to that group still, yeah. uh, Teen Challenge. And um, in fact, I think w- reflecting on that a little bit, like one of the most impressive Teen Challenge Celebrate Recovery uh, groups I ever led worship to was on the Pacific Northwest. Mm. But I just remember it being so <laughs> incredibly rowdy. Yeah, right. And... Yeah. <laughs> just jam-packed full of people. Yeah. And I remember seeing it on the itinerary thinking, oh, this could be hit or miss. Yeah. On it, truthfully, like, right. this could be a really uh, interesting night. Yeah. And getting there and realizing, 
Like it was actually one of the most uh, powerful nights I've ever been a part of because people, uh, there's no, there's no pretentious. There's not like there's people there that have just been through so much stuff. They don't really have time to. Uh, they just want to get to know everybody. Yeah. They're there to support one another, and you just felt like you could. We could have sang uh, terribly. We yeah. could have played all wrong, all the wrong chords, mm-hmm. and they just were so happy we were there right. and excited and encouraging, wow. yeah. and just seeing people get you know reach milestones. And that night, you know, they had like a big ceremony that they. There was probably three or four hundred people there, and they were just having a like. I guess weekly they have like you know Janice has reached her six month mark, you know, yeah, and get a they get you know they get like a you know an icon or some sort of memento, you know, to like yeah. celebrate their thing, and it's just cool. Like it's just interesting. So I'm glad you. It's cool. That's a cool story. Yeah, it was good organization. Same as you, one of the most powerful times. Um, but you have a song on your record called mm-hmm. "Brothers Battle" yep. that deals with, right, right. And so. I think that's why it means so much to me because you know having uh, a brother who had struggled with heroin for over ten years, and uh, it was you know really hidden. We didn't know a lot about it, and we kind of had wondered if there was some kind of substance. Uh, but then years later ended up, uh, you know, it became known after a few suicide attempts. And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, Brothers Battle, Battle was a, uh, you know, one of those songs. I, I think it was probably one of the easier songs to write because it's so pr- impressed on my heart, just knowing all of the things that he's gone through right. and it was going through at that time. It was a prayer knowing that, uh, just like I said, we can't do this. There's this darkness, the spiritual warfare that's going on. Satan's trying to steal our joy and steal, you know, just our purity. And so, you know, it's easy for us to give in and, and you know, for him as substance abuse, but it could be all kinds of things for people, you know, pornography, whatever, you know, it could be something that just in that moment, you know, alters your mind and you feel a sense of relief, but it's it's no bueno (laughs) (laughs) translation not good (laughs) not good yes a little bit of that southern california yeah come back but you know um with brothers battle uh, while i was writing it he was in the midst of all that and uh you know two years later when i finally got to record it i changed that last part you know so i said a prayer for you my brother it came true and so uh, he did uh, finally you know after probably an all-time low hit rock bottom uh, went into treatment and uh, is clean to this day so he's working hard has a great girlfriend raising his girls he's got three girls he's raising them you know he's been raising them on his own uh, with the help of in-laws but uh, now he's actually doing it awesome as the fire burns inside the shelter in the darkness he hides Do the cries of his mother the tears of a brother like for no much thing love you or because there's a battle that rages of the joy that he raises 
callous and scars on his heart And no one ever felt so alone And grass and What's next for you, man? What's what's coming up? You know, uh, hopefully recording a couple more singles, I would say. Um, got a couple projects that we're working on. Uh, I have a song called This Old Coat that I'm really excited about recording. Uh, it's about the old garment, new wineskin, uh, an old parable that mm-hmm. uh, I've written. So thinking about that, um, really just pressing in where I'm at in Washington. Yeah. Uh, you know, focusing on learning the demographic and culture of the church that I'm in, and uh, getting to know the people. Uh, I've always said that uh, people won't follow somebody they don't trust. So it's really just building trust there. So I probably won't be doing a ton musically over the next year, but this summer, uh, you know, our family really is focusing on doing stuff together. My kids are playing music now, and I uh, love to get them involved eventually with me so we can travel and do family band. Sweet. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Anthony cool. knows all about that. That's right, man. So that's kind of a, a dream, kind of a, you know, a family dream, if you will. Yeah. It's awesome. So hopefully a new record in the next couple of years, I would say. Hopefully before that. Yeah, hopefully before that. Like that would be nice. Year, like like five months from now. <laughs> that would be really cool. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. We man. don't want to leave people hanging too long. No, you can't, man. But uh, yeah, it would be really cool. I feel like uh, the fire's burning, so we don't want it to, you know, diminish or just, you know extinguish at all. I just want to encourage you to go check it out. You know, you can always purchase it on iTunes, stream it on your. You know, we're into streaming. Gares, yeah. right? Like, let's yeah. just do this thing. So Spotify's awesome. <laughs> let it go. Uh, it's the only way it I can times. track. If you mind, let yeah. it just let it play all night. <laughs> if you right. just go to sleep with it on. <laughs> it's re- I think you know Sp- a band did that. That's right. I know. That, I that just... band, uh, there's this band called Wolf, Wolfpack. Yeah. Oh, and they, they put out an album and called Sleepify. Oh and my god. And they gosh. told all their all their fans to yep. just play it all night and then just they got, fall asleep and let it stream. It's a good and then, idea. And then uh, they would go on tour for free. And they did. If you love wow. if yeah. you love this podcast and you love Ryan Claire, yeah. just fall asleep. Sleep. No, no, you sleep if got in trouble with Spotify. Oh okay. no. Oh. <laughs> Don't do that. Well, yeah, play just with, listen to it because you love it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Over and over. Uh-huh. <laughs> But um, go ahead and check out our other podcast episodes. Uh, you know, you can subscribe. Make sure you leave a comment for us. It's always really, really helpful. One comment goes a long way with yeah. us, so just really help help us out with that. And um, also, you can go to our website. You can subscribe there um, as well to the podcast. But also, you can leave your email so we can let you know when new episodes are coming. And um, and of course, you know, check out all of the music that Old Bear's doing, along with Ryan. And uh, yeah, so in fact, today I got to tell you something. Today, yeah, yeah. I went to the church and um, opened up the computer, and Luke 
had stayed after hours and he was recording some stuff. And that was good, man. Oh, thank you, man. I was like thank super you. impressed. Aww. I he, that's very nice. Man. He thank like you. he I I I mean I didn't mean to like pry, no, but no, I, that's I good. opened that's up good. we we share a computer cool. in our yeah. like office and I opened it up and it was on his side and I saw it was like in uh logic. You know? Oh, nice. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, go to town oh, after was, hours, clock out. It's still right. Yeah. Make it so I was like, oh, I'm just going to check this out. Yeah. You know? In fact, I think I think we should put a little bit in this episode. Just just <laughs> that <laughs> that thing. Just all to right. touch because it was I'm only like 30 it. seconds. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. So yeah. it's not super it's long. brief. Sweet. Anyways, <laughs> check it out. Anyways. for listening to bear tone podcast if you like what you are hearing go ahead and leave a rating or a review that helps us out a lot you can also email us at bear podcast at gmail.com thanks again to ryan for sitting down and taking the time to chat with us and thank you to sarah bridgman for creating the graphic for this show and thank you to anthony hoisington for helping produce this show 